back, folks, diving headfirst in the action as the Mortal Dawn's homecoming celebration is torn asunder by powerful magical obstruction. Drinks have been spilled, suits ruined, and priceless art installments shattered like cheap ceramics. I know the stank of a big bad wizard when I smell it. Ah, the MDs better stay on their toes, because some tells me that thing's either gonna come to life, shoot lasers, emit mind-controlling enchantments, or all the above. Ah, these arcane antagonists don't mess around. Wise words, Storm. Words I'm sure the Mortal Dawn would love to hear if they weren't face-to-face -face with certain doom. Let's not waste any more time and get back to the field to check in with these ballroom battlers before the whole place comes crashing to the ground! The Mortal Dawn had been invited to Heption's Ball, a once-a-season gala that has a very elite invite list. During their fun evening of dancing, making some new friends and acquaintances, sampling of the fine smorgasbord available, there was a strange cacophonous eruption as a huge crystal spire ripped up through the dance floor. The host of the party said that it was someone who had been very eager to get to know Christ, an old friend of theirs. And as this crystal spire emerged from the center of the dance floor, a huge illusory face appeared from Christ's past, saying it was time to come home and massive, jagged crystal golems had stepped out from this massive structure, and the entire dance floor had begun screaming and panicking, and that is where we find our heroes. And some of the friends that you made during the gala have remained behind because you passed on some fun little charisma checks to see who stuck around. So we'll see how that plays into the battle itself. So the first to respond in cinematic perfection is Chris Zagrand. You see the face looming down over saying, All right, everyone, it's time to bring our son home. And he disappears into a purple mist. The only home that exists is the one I choose. And with that, Chris will hold a shatter. Uh, that will make it Herothax's turn. Alright, on Herothax's turn, they're gonna look over at Chris, nod, and I'm gonna cast Shatter. Ooh. And with that, Chris will also release a reverberated shatter. Okay, so you can each hit one of the golems if you wish to target it that way. Can we hit the golem and the crystal with our shatter? Absolutely, you can. I'm going to target this one that's closest to us. Mm -hmm. And do you want to do the same thing? or the I will other target one? the one further away and the crystal in the okay. middle. Uh, this is going to be constitution saves for these creatures, I believe. Yes. Oh, this is disadvantage. So the first one got an 18. Okay. Well, and the second nice. one got a 23. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, fuck us, I guess. Right? They still take damage. Yeah, they do. Okay, it's 3d8 mm -hmm. halved. What did you get for damage? 26. 26? Wow. And that's halved? Uh, halved to 13. Still. That's a 3, then a 5, and then a 2, plus 4. All right. So two loud, cacophonous, shattering forces fill the dance room, and spiderwebbed cracks form through this massive pillar in the center of the dance floor, and both of these large crystalline beasts have shards just kind of spill to the floor, raining down and reflecting light. And as this all takes place, these haunted, like, floating instruments are still just performing this ballroom waltz that kind of <laughs> washes over the floor as you are all engaged in this horrible death struggle. They don't start playing ballroom blitz. <laughs> Um, you held your action, so you're locked, but you can still move if you want to. On oh, that's turn. true. No, I think I'll stay where I am next to the other dragonborn. Of course. He will go on the NPC's turn. Actually, I'll move, like, one step closer and kind of put an arm out just to kind of shield him, because he's old and blind as far as I can tell. That brings us to Artyom, who is near the balcony where all of these nobles are just tripping balls. <laughs> they have all taken very powerful alchemical drugs. You're not even sure if they are aware this is happening. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to look at Hardifax. So I have to do everything, yeah? 
What happened to the, uh, the the blessing of your horrible uh, hungry god, huh? I lift up my, my holy symbol. I pull the light from the area in, and then I cast this almost prismatic, Ooh. radiant, shining, shimmering blessing on everybody. So it looks like a rave around each of them. Nice. <laughs> to the druggies. <laughs> yeah, wastelords, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, looks like they're going to close the doors because they're on a balcony floating over the middle of the ocean. There's not a lot of places for them to go. I'm going to make my way clockwise across the board. So basically move to the other side of Christ. Mm -hmm. Very good. That will make it the NPC's turn. Um, I forgot to put Lord Heption on the board. And uh, he moves to behind this pillar to take cover from whatever the hell's going on. He, do he seems genuinely surprised by this massive crystal that ripped through the floor. Like, he obviously invited something to happen, but the scale of it is beyond his comprehension. The nobles that are all tripping shit out on the balcony, those who have any kind of cognizance left to them, shutter the doors, and one of them, like, pushes a drink table in front of it. It's just like a glass door, but it's pretty thick. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> and that means it is now time for this old dragonborn to step up, and he's just going to quickly talk to Herathax. What is happening? So much magic. Are you in danger? I think all of us are in danger. Some sort of crystal creatures have just erupted from the floor. I think they're after my companions. Then we will fight them. And that will make it the enemy's turn. Since you guys are nicely split up into two little groups, these massive 12 foot tall crystalline figures, and while they are very large in scale, they have long spindly crystalline arms that are almost floating independent of the torso, like all of their limbs and their head just kind of floats magically around them. And each of them steps forward and with an incredible amount of speed, slams these razor sharp crystalline shards downward. And each of them is gonna make two slam attacks. Warding flare. Warding flare for your attack, okay. Yep. And we will go in nice organized order here. Actually, there's just gonna be two at Herothax because you dropped a shatter on them. Oh, damn. Uh, we're coming at you with a, an 18 uh -huh. and 15. Uh -huh. Cool. It's a good so. thing I got that bond of continuance because I think I'm going to need it. Indeed. So you take 20 bludgeoning damage <gasps> and Ooh. five oh thunder damage. <laughs> oh my God. Excuse me? As these two uh, huge crystalline sharp fists just pound you down and actually the dance floor underneath you starts to shatter as the energy pouring off of them just becomes immense and terrible. You said 20 plus 5, right? I did, yes. Okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> I'll take that and I'll be like, I can't take another of those. Um, one coming in at Chris, a normal attack. Coming at you with a 16. Chris will use shield. Okay. You trigger your shield, bringing your AC up above the 16, and as it pounds down, just this sonic wave blocks its fist inches away from the top of your head, and a disadvantage attack on Artium. Oh, actually, I read something about Warding Flare, and these things don't have eyes and they're immune to blindness, and things that aren't affected by that don't get targeted by Warding Flare. Okay, so I guess I won't use it. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to burn it. I just yeah, remembered okay. that that's something that some creatures don't have to worry about. Side note, because I didn't clarify, yeah. I have my uh, shield and my crossbow, my new crossbow out. Okay. The pink prick? Yeah, the pink prick. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is a 19. That's a hit. Okay. 11 bludgeoning and 6 sonic. Okay. 17 total. That's right. I only need to be clear about that with Arvid because he's the one that has damage resistance. Um, and with that, the shards that have been shattered from the spell in the central column kind of crumble and crack away. And this central thing starts to sort of break and topple. And as it does, three figures step out of it. They look like humans wearing armor that's made out of black obsidian stone that kind of hums and reverberates with the same kind of energy that you sometimes see coming off of Christ. But they just have these like black, jagged, amorphous crystals that sort of float above their hands as some kind of bizarre weapon. 
and their entire turn is just spent coming to as the central pillar starts to shatter away. That will bring us to Arvid's turn. Excellent. I think it's ram time. Ram or is time. it beast mode? Ram time. I need to get your beast PC out. Does it take a full action to transform? You are a circle of the moon druid, so you get to do it as a bonus action. Whoa. That's cool. Great. Then let's also make a charge attack. Much more sure-footed this time, though it's only maybe like the second time I've changed in combat. So I hope everyone's like really impressed. Yeah. Um, uh, changing and immediately galloping into a charge. Gonna go straight for whatever is in front of me. It's either one of the uh, humanoids wearing dark crystals or the one of the golems. Golem. So you get to trigger your charge ability. So if you hit, you deal your extra goodies. As soon as you turn into a ram, uh, Artyom just goes, Oh, you're in right now, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a six plus five or six. Is you still six? have the option to roll again if you want to do it recklessly, but that will affect your AC. I do. I do. It's okay if they hit me. That's a little better. It's yeah. a 12 and five is 17, right? That hits exactly. Ooh. Uh, okay. So you get to do me a full 4d6 plus five because of your 15 foot charge ability. Uh, 17 plus the. So 23. Yes. 23 as you charge across the dance floor, leaving just indents in the marbled floor and impact horns first. You, I even picture like you start running as Arvid uh -huh. and as you cover the dance floor, you slowly drop to all fours and go full ram. And as you slam into it, actually slide several feet to one side and you see a huge indent as the crystalline starts to crack in its chest and slowly start to like close itself up. Oh, but no. you left a massive impact in it. <laughs> <laughs> when you describe that, do you mean in like a, these things might have regeneration sort of closing up or? You'll have to see. Ah! I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> if you stick your tongue out when you're doing it, it makes it even more. I like know, that. it's great. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> or if you can manage to wiggle it back and probably. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Woo! Woo! That's more Murloc than anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Welcome to Animal Noises, the podcast. <laughs> This episode is called Goats. Um, <laughs> next up, at the top of the initiative, we return to Christ. Am I getting any feelings? Or do I have to... <laughs> am, I, am I getting any, like, magically, any feelings? Magically, yes. Emotionally, yes. Oh, <laughs> damn. Okay. Um, These things so. are fighting with the same kind of magic that you feel very often. It's not identical, but incredibly similar. So since I've been traveling and living with this magic for so long, mm -hmm. would I happen to know of a weakness? You hit the nail on the head with your shatter spell. Okay. Well, These then. very susceptible to such things. Well, then I'm just going to follow that bad boy up with another shatter. Okay. In which I will place it between the golem, the crystal, and Technically, the Technically, because of where they're placed, you could hit the crystal, two of the casters, and the golem. That's what I want. That's exactly what yeah, I want. Yeah, because he's taking up all four of these squares. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Christ is unleashing a roar. It's usually a scream when he mm -hmm. does shatter, but he's that up and you can see the huge glass domed ceiling a small crack just starts to form in it from the energy reverberating off of you uh save for the golem at disadvantage that's a one on the die and a one on the die oh, oh so shit. the golem super fails at save and the two nearest casters are going to fail and let me check their con bonus because that might be three fails all across the board Oh, they have a plus two, so that's a fail. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Is that on. both golems in it, or just one of them? Just one and two casters. These okay. two, that one, and then this shard, which doesn't actually roll anything, because it's just a thing. Let's see that damage. All right. Seven. Nice. Oh, boy. Six. Off Come on, Terminate. One. 
plus four. So 14 plus four is still very good. They all take 18. And as you're, like you said, you kind of are aware of what these things are capable of because it is your own power. You also know that the humanoids are probably also spellcasters and are perhaps a little fragile. Uh, Don't forget, y'all. You're blessed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 18. And again, just this huge explosion as like chunks of this golem are flying off of it away from you as your magic is coming to its apex. And there's like this reverberated feedback coming from your energy, you clashing against their energy, making like a high-pitched squeal that starts to enter the heads of nearby onlookers. For the last bit of my turn, I'm just going to kind of put my hand out over RTM. I want to protect him from this thing. Totally. What are you doing? I'm here to protect you. So that makes it Harithax's turn. On Harithax's turn, he's going to look at the dragonborn next to him and he goes, the giant goat is on our side. I'm sorry, Arvid. And then I... That's cool. I, I pull on the the sonic energy that... I'm just imagining it, just this whole chamber just reverberating with, with sonic booms. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm gonna focus one more time. I'm going to pull on that sonic energy and unleash another one centered here to hit both golems, that caster... Should, I think, get the big crystal, and it will unfortunately hit Arvid, but I'm feeling like my giant goaty boy has got a high con and probably health to burn. Works for me. I'll look at Arvid. I'm sorry, Arvid. Be strong. (laughs) Be strong. Uh, One golem fails. Okay. One succeeds. Okay. And the caster succeeds. Okay. Does the, is the crystal taking damage from the shatters or? Yes. Okay. Not as good as last time, but still pretty decent. Uh, it's 18 points of thunder damage. All right. This caster looks incredibly damaged. Oh, it's a constitution save, Arvid. Constitution save. And does this count as the first attack against me that'll have disadvantage? No. It's a constitution save. (laughs) It's not (laughs) a... Yeah. Anyway. That was going to be 16, but it ended up being uh, three. Yeah, that's probably not going to pass. But but it's a five total, so... Yeah, you take 18 thunder damage. Uh, hey, you get to add bless. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> that's five. true. Uh, that's nine. Hey, you, you got the most out of that bless you could. Um, that makes it RTM's turn. So DC 10 constitution save. Yeah, I'm fine. Yep. Cool. <laughs> cool. Neato. So I'm going to go ahead and with all of this light kind of just bouncing everywhere and all the music and everything, it just, there's so much noise and light like there always is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of smile at the golem who I'm not sure can actually see me. And I'm going to kind of use the resonance of his crystals and then the refraction mm-hmm. to create this kind of like bouncing within him. And then it's all just going to coalesce into a ball inside and then bam, I'm going to hit him with the channel divinity radiance of dawn. Oh, nice. And that should hit everyone. Yep. Neat. Looks like they're a little grouped up right now. It's a Death Star laser. Just yeah. <laughs> so, uh, starting there, I'm going to keep track of who is who. That's a fail for that golem. And the second golem is a fail. And then the three casters starting clockwise is a success. And that's cocked. A success. And a fail. Cool. And let's see that sweet, sweet damage. 2d10. 2d10. 17. Nice roll. Very good. As the central crystals in both of the golems seem to become like superheated and almost like glowing red hot, uh, one of the casters falls to the ground, grabbing his eyes from the bright light and his skin just sweltering and burning away. I love Radiance of Dawn. (laughs) It's like my favorite thing ever. It's very good offensive cleric ability. Yep, real good channel divinity ability. There's just like a seared circle of heat on the dance floor where this massive amount of light burst from Artyom. Would you like to utilize your turn for anything else? I'm going to go ahead and whip out my fucking spiritual weapon. Nice. Um, I'm going to put it right between the... Punk-ass bitches. Yeah, where I'm going to find wherever punk-ass bitches are plentiful. Um, 
from that light and from the just the, the constant radiance, I'm just going to have all that residual coalesce into a kind of radiant chakram just manifests in between those last two uh, mages. Sorry for the table noise. And as part of that bonus action, you can make a melee attack against one of them. Excellent. I'm going to go ahead and hit the one that looks dumbest. Does one of them have like a really stupid mustache or like... Uh, no, they both have very intimidating faces that have like crystal masks all the way up to the nostril and horrible beady black Give me eyes. something. Is one of them wearing a stupid shorts or like a... <laughs> one of them has taken more damage. Let's hit him. Okay. <laughs> Oi, Sulka, heads up. Uh, 16 plus another D4 plus a bunch. So yeah, it's, it's a hit. <laughs> that does hit. So that's a D8 plus wisdom mod. Woo! I love my spells. That's barely anything. It's <laughs> a four. Hey, that's something. It's a free extra damage is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it just impacts and cuts away a chunk of this black crystalline armor that's encasing him. Um, and that makes it the NPC's turn. This guy is going to look to Herothax and kind of hold his hand out and just kind of wait for you to guide it a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. As okay. he points it straight forward, and he's going to unleash a moonbeam. All right. As the moonlight from the late evening shoots a beam straight down, reflected through the crystal dome of Heption's ball. And this golem that is fighting you two mm-hmm. is going to have to make a dex save versus the a moonbeam. Uh, I think he makes it. Nope, dex mod minus one. He does not make it. Ah. Uh, and that's going to be some moon damage. That's a type of damage. <laughs> <laughs> You got your fire, your ice. And you got your moon. <laughs> Ooh, not bad. That's when you show your ass to the enemy and they just, they're just felled by the glory of it. Uh, the glory. That golem takes 23 radiant damage. Oh, as the old druid unleashes his moonbeam down onto it. The dancer who is still hanging from a ribbon, the young woman, she starts to lower herself and she shouts down, Christ, Christ, it's all right. I believe in you. And she gives you a bardic inspiration. So you get a floating D6 that you can add to one of your D20 rolls over the next minute. Ooh. You're inspiring all of us. Um, And that is the end of the NPC's turn, making it the enemy's turn once again. So now that the casters have manifested, they are going to go first. One of them has already fallen, despite having just appeared. They're going to do some cool shit. Spiritual weapon does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Dang. And they are both going to cast a spell because that is what wizards do. <laughs> Weird. I know, it's super taboo. They don't have a lot of spells, but the ones they have are interesting. When the dungeon master says interesting, that's usually code for really bad. Nah, it's not so bad. <laughs> I just need to figure out who they are going towards. So I think this one is going to happen at Arvid because he's a giant goat and he's right there um, as he's going to unleash a crystalline magic missile at you. <gasps> And you take mm. oof, guy, yeah, uh, thirteen force damage oof. right in your goat butt. <laughs> um, and this one is going to spread it up, so two of them are going to hit Artyom, and one of them is going to hit Christ. Exactly. Uh, four damage to Christ, force damage. Seven damage to Artyom. Yikes. Uh, and they're going to begin to kind of step further away from the dangerous, giant, bad, scary people. And then the golems, each of them making two attacks. One is going to bring its huge crystalline elbow down on the head of this massive ram that has given it a bad cracking. Uh, that's a hit. Damn. <laughs> Good try, Sam. <laughs> Did your best. Noble effort. <laughs> so you are raging, so this is... Wait, does the rage go through the goat form? Yeah, I didn't you carry know. goat into goat, wow. rage into goat form. That's, that's so why, cool. That's why Drew Barbs are so fucking badass. Oh my gosh, an angry goat. So you take, I'm giving you the final damage, which has been halved. Seven bludgeoning damage and three thunder damage. Yeah, I'm uh, out, out of goat times. You're goat back, times back are to over. Arvid? Yeah. 
Go times are over. <laughs> and any carryover damage goes into Arvid's hit points, should there be spillage. Yep, morphs back, white fur of the ram, turns into the white fur of the cloak, a little shake of head, gathering back into the place Certainly. that we are in. Bewildered by the experience overall. And then this one is going to, its arm forms into a large crystal blade and tries to bury it into Harothax. Mm-hmm. That's a miss. Holy shit. A 12, right? That hits me. Oh, you didn't cast shirt. I oh, I, I forgot. Cast, I didn't have a reason to cast Spoke mage armor before everything kicked soon. off. Yep, 12 is exactly my AC. So you take, oops, sorry. Uh, you take a total of 15 damage. I'm unconscious. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and it actually picks you up off the ground as you are impaled on its huge crystalline arm. And then one attack on each of you. This one's at Crist, coming at you with a fumble, which is good for your hit points. I'm hoping that there's a thing on the fumble chart that means that it doesn't get its second attack. There's a possibility, depending on what happens. It just chips off its whole arm. <laughs> Disadvantage on next attack. Oh, Ooh. shit. So it slams into Crist, but he's still reverberating the sonic energy, and it starts to, like recapitulate the way his arm is connected and it's like his joints are starting to get all bendy and weird as he tries to attack with a disadvantage. Another fumble. Oh shit. Whoa. Oh fucking lord. Which is good because the other one was a 17 on the dice. The suspense will kill you. These if, are not the, boys. if not the damage. He ends up uh, in fact injuring himself by trying to force his arm out to attack Artyom. He ends up just breaking chunks of the crystal out of his joints forcing himself against the magic that's pushing against him. Let me write that damage down real quick. Boy, that was not a good turn for that golem. <laughs> Rod. Not yeah. at all. These these spicy boys dealt 40 points of damage to me in two rounds. Yeah. Oh, I said that golem. <laughs> the other one's doing a-okay. Yeah. They're both pretty hurt, but they're also large guys that are golems and can take a few hits brings us to arvid back in arvid form okay i was thinking about using that that spear boy but i probably wouldn't have brought it with me so i should uh i should use my big old my big old sword that seems logical the great one right it is great it's pretty great you're great (laughs) thank you so arvid will pull out his sword that is great the great sword um (laughs) sword that is great his best sword (laughs) his favorite sword and try to just whack him in half at the narrowest point trying to chop it like a tree sure <laughs> and not to be that kind of dm but i will remind you you also have a new magical axe what uh-huh. i don't remember the axe the big the it's one that we a, got from the its uh, name is parody it has a black and a white blade you got the card for it yeah basically i didn't bring my things i thought i had everything and it wasn't there so so great sword it is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's and too fancy it's, to take out yeah, yeah it's, it's a display piece at a party <laughs> how gauche <laughs> <laughs> considering how easily it was hitting me before i'm just gonna assume that uh reckless attack is worth it that's very smart thinking here we go that's a 24. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yes. So that's 13. That golem looks fucked up. And I'm surprised <laughs> by that because these are healthy boys and they have a little bit of protection from non-magical weapons. So Chank, a little bit of crystal falls off, but it's not... A pretty sizable not, chunk. Okay, good. They still take some damage from that. So Arvid, you dealt it that damage and that brings us back to Crist. And since we're at the top of the round, uh, you hear up in the air of the dance floor, the very tall ceiling, this very soft kind of alarm sound going off and this red light flashing. Reginald 419 manifests in the air where he was the whole time, just invisible in his magical Modron state. And his head has a little like siren going off around it. Like, and he says, oh no, oh no, please, please leave the premises. Oh no, oh no. And that makes it your turn. Reginald, what do you mean leave? What? He's just flying around going. Chris, it's going to take a second. Prepare his claw and prepare to do a booming 
piercing claw attack, and I'm going to use some luck because I want to roll a 20 and well, actually, kill this thing. If you're using your crystal claw against this creature, you have advantage to hit. Awesome. So that's 10 plus bless plus four. And do I need to roll the bard die for any reason? You don't have to. You can choose to. Okay. Adds up to 20 by itself. That makes you hit. Die. But if you want, because of the kind of bard she is, you can add that to the damage. If you Hell. Want. Oh, yes. Shit. I want to add that to the damage. Are you kidding? So that would be 2d6 plus 2D6 your charisma. 2d6 plus four slashing thunder damage. Whew. That is eight plus four. Thank you. And then I'm going to tell Artyom, protect the rest of the party. We need to get out and try to disengage. Uh, you cannot disengage after using an action. After using an action? Okay. You would provoke, yes. Yeah, I want it to hit me. It'll just take damage. So, okay. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to move and start booking it towards one of the casters. Okay, I'm coming at you with a 17 to hit. I'm going to cast shield. You can do it. I'm just going to cast shield. It's a reaction, so you're super yes. loud, and that makes it hit uh, your shield instead of you, and just... <laughs> reverberates off of it. It's like a clone of me just dissipates. Nice. I like that. It shatters like a a remnant of what was there. Very cool. Six. Okay. And I'm moving in front of the caster who seems to be getting near other party goers. Uh, That brings us to Harothax. Uh, Make me a first death saving throw, please. All right. As you slide to the ground off of this thing's massive bladed arm. That's an 18. Hey, you pass your first one with gusto. Uh, Artyom, you are next on the docket. Chris has moved away from you, and you are all now aware of Reginald's weird alarm mode. That's spicy. How's how's the golem in front of me looking? That one doesn't look as bad as the other one, but they're both pretty wanged on. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 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 That's fine. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to look at Chris and say, thanks for the distraction. As a bonus action, I can use my boys. My, my, my... You can move your spiritual weapon up to 10 feet and attack as a bonus action. <clears throat> of these two uh, wizards, how are they looking? This one looks way better off than this one. Okay, then I will move close to the worse off one and give it the old wang Give the old Wang-Chung. Uh, do I get to add blessing to that? Yeah, it's okay. your spell attack, so you do get to add bless. Okay, so that's a 9 plus 5, 14. That just misses. Ah, oh, no. As it ricochets off of his crystalline magic armor. That happens. I'm going to go ahead and cast a Scorching Ray. Okay. The moonlight that's coming down from everywhere is just going to turn into these beams and fire out. I'm going to hit... Let's start with the mages, because I can't afford to get hit, and I know these golems aren't going to come after me. Gotcha. Uh, so I'll start with the mage that I just attacked. This one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you have Bless that adds on to this as well. Yay! Uh, ooh, uh, that's, that's a miss. Uh, less than the last one. Okay. I'll attack him again as, uh, yeah, that should be a 17. That hits. Okay. That's 2d6. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, 12. Oh yeah. That just blows <laughs> not him only up. blasts him and like blows a hole through his chest, but he slides across the floor, leaving a trail of like cauterized blood behind him. And you said that golem's looking real nasty. This one's pretty fucked up. All yeah. things considered. Okay, shit. Okay, so I got to decide whether I want to try and help you not get fucking pincer attacked or help them not get uh, spanked on by that guy. There's no other mages, right? Uh, that one seems to be the only one left. Okay. I'm going to attack the weak-ass golem. Yeah. The, the, golem? the injured golem? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A natural 20. Hey! hey I was nice. just saying. Hey. So that's 46 fire damage. Jesus. Okay, that's uh, 11 plus 6. Fantastic. That is some big fucking damage. Um, so this thing is just glowing like red hot. Even being near it, you can feel like 
heat pouring out of its crystals and it's starting to like slowly melt. Haruthax is laying on the ground like, this is warm and nice, like as I'm dying. <laughs> this is such a good sensation. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be so easy to just stay asleep. It's just oh, nice, nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> that really got to Alante. Oh <laughs> Me up. For good reason. I, um, I said I might not be able to make the next session because the baby might come. I didn't mean kill me off. You, know? <laughs> you get what you get. So at the top of the MPC round, uh, you, Hadothax, feel yourself being pulled through the earth again into the cavity, the well down below, that familiar place. But suddenly the white roots retreat as these gleaming green and golden roots come from above and pull you upward. As you are healed, oh, damn, for 19 hit points. Wow! And as you wow. open your eyes, this old, blind, bearded, green dragonborn is looking down at you and says, it's not your time. And he helps pull you to your feet. All right. I accept this help. Um, that dancing bard is going to ascend further into the ceiling, and she's going to hold an action. Um, the enemies are going to go, and this golem's not going to move an inch. He's just going to continue pummeling. He's going to get two attacks off on Arvid, and he has advantage on both of them because of your reckless. He was going to hit me anyway. <laughs> Likely 23 and 21. So no crits, which is good. No crits is good. And you are raging, so I'll have this first. Mm, mm. Delicious. <laughs> so that you take 13 from the hits. Uh, that is bludgeoning damage on top of five thunder damage as he connects with you on both attacks. Knocked over my initiative trackers. And this golem lumbers forward and comes down on Crist with both of his hands. And as they lift up and he regains control of his magical shape, they form into sort of like hammers. And he's just going to bring them down on your head. That is a 27 and a 15. Definitely activate shield for the 15. Okay. And uh, can I activate two reactions? No. Mm -hmm. one, one per turn. You take eight bludgeoning, one thunder. And he takes four, right? Four. To, or does he take eight because two separate things of damage? No, it's just one attack deals two different types of damage. Got it. If he'd hit with both, he would. Okay. So Oof, he takes eight. I'm not looking good. And that last caster is going to turn to Crist and says, He didn't say we had to take you home alive. And he's going to cast a spell on you. Uh oh. Oh no. Finger oh, no. of death. Oh no. Oh no. Finger <laughs> of death. <laughs> so he is in fact going to use a witch bolt on you. Oh no. Um, the good news is a 12 misses, right? Yeah. Okay. You just duck in time as this lightning bolt goes crackling over your head and just kind of disappears into midair, creating this kind of heat and twinkle behind it. Does it by chance hit the golem that's right behind him? If that's how witch bolt worked, absolutely. <laughs> I would be so down to do that. I'm if it was lightning bolt, then he would fuck his own golem. I'm trying. <laughs> I, don't oh, know. I, I like that kind of question. Look, as long as your rules lawyering can help us at least <laughs> as much as it hurts us, I'm good with it. <laughs> Okay, I'm continuing the same motion as if chopping down a tree. We'll just make another hit. It's a reckless attack. It is very tree-like for sure. <laughs> just chip away at it. 20. Nat that, that is a natural 20. <laughs> All right, well, the odds of you not killing this thing are astronomically small. But I, if you want to roll the damage, please do. Okay, I do. Just for fun. 46 plus 5. 4? Oh, yeah, because it's a woohoo! Oh my gosh, it's 9, 10, 11, 12, and 5 is the other number. 17 damage! All right, so you in fact fell this mighty tree of crystal, 
And as it falls to the ground, it activates its Shatterfall ability. Oh no. oh no. So everyone within 10 feet of where the golem is makes me a dexterity saving throw. You do get to add Bless to this, which is very good. Not I. Question. Yes. Does Shield do something to Magic Missiles? Yes. yes. It, it negates Magic Missile. Oh, just... Just, that's a, like part of its rule is just mm -hmm. also yep. negates magic missile. That's from that's from like back in second edition. I had no idea. Yeah, I've only gotten to use that once. Uh, the old blind dragonborn fails, <laughs> believe uh, it or not. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Hey, you make it. All right. It's a deck save, right? Yep. Uh, plus one. Oh. No, it's a thirteen, so it's by two. <laughs> but close. I close. fail. Um. So you and the old dragonborn both take thirteen thunder damage. Ooh. Are you back out? No, no, no. Okay. He, he healed me for 19, so I've still ah, got six. Okay. I was really worried I was going to... take gonna... half of that. Six thunder damage. And that is the end of Arvid's turn, unless you want to move now that it has been felled. Then I could do a full move up to a full move? Yeah, uh, totally. You can get to the other golem if you want, or you can get to the guy, or wherever. I was thinking about preparing for another charge, maybe, with my regular old hormies. Yeah. Try to go for the golem there. Yeah, sorry. Very good. And that puts us at the top, which means the counter is gone, and Reginald's alarm is going, blah, blah, blah. now it's incredibly loud. <laughs> and you guys hear the sounds of some kind of like humming that gets louder and louder, like, and there's like a shattering in the air as two huge metal pods materialize out of nothing. They look like metal buds of flowers, massive, probably like 10 feet tall wide in the middle blossoms bloom and these huge thick silver and gold tentacles are unfolding from what looks like a tripod and each of them has some horrible mechanical face on the end of it you uh you ever fought a golem kip well, i think we both know the answer to that one storm <laughs> yeah i guess you're right ah damn things can be made out of anything iron wood bones. Hell, I seen one made out of hard cheese once. Mindless killing machines. I sent my squishy little magic users to do the hard work. Did you say a cheese golem storm? Oh yeah, creature of convenience from the mind of some crazed gastromancer. You don't know true fear until you're standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with 12 feet of angry Asiago. Eh, me and the team made short work of it, and then we had some fine charcuterie. Sometimes I can't tell when you're pulling my leg, Storm. No, no, I swear. It was uh, right out of the monster manual. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I inflicted some devastating parm. <laughs> All right, why don't we get back to the action? No, no, it's, uh, it makes me wish I had a fromage reduction. Oh, for the love of gods, let's get back to the action. <laughs> if you've got a disease or you're heavy with sin or your uncle got possessed by a demon again, if you've broken your arm or you've cut off your toe, just call the clerics. Clerics on the go. Clerics on the go. The Divinity Delivery. Call today. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story. Dark Dice. A horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. 
Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What is up, my slappers, dashers, prancers, and vixens? This is Zach. Um, slightly tired, uh, as is, I guess, slapdash tradition when I'm doing these uh, mid-roll recordings. Um, yeah, so welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for all of your support. Um, in particular, I want to thank our Patreon subscribers for supporting us. Um, we'll be giving our thanks to our June subscribers in next week's episodes, but in particular, I want to thank our Legend Rank team. That's Jeff Ammons and David Mladenov. Thank you so much for your continuing support. You can't imagine how great it is to have. If you'd like to support the show, you can throw money at us at patreon.com slash studios. But more than that, the best way to support us is to share what we're doing, especially on Twitter with hashtag LUQ. We are still young and could definitely use the boost. I actually want to thank all the people who've been tweeting about the show, specifically Nathaniel Philip Cole uh, at Breakfast Puppies, who runs Biker's Dice and Bars and Hammer Crawl. Uh, Biker's Dice and Bars is a fantastic podcast about two-wheeled vehicles, gaming, and drinking. It's a great show on which I was recently featured, so if you want to hear more of my stupid voice, you can find the episode next Monday on breakfastpuppies.com. Um, I also want to thank uh, Alex, Jess, Alex, uh, W. Lewis Black, Timothy.Games, Jennifer Swanson. I'm so glad you're enjoying it, and thanks for joining the group. Uh, Isaac Davies, Brian the Red, Champions RPG, the usuals. Uh, I also want to thank the Relic of the Past podcast for their regular support of not only us, but many other early podcasters. Also, Shiny Batgirl and McBoots42 from the Shadow Council in Portland, who we just interviewed on D20 Questions, and were an absolute delight. Uh, Look for that episode on the 1st. But finally, I am thrilled to announce that Law and I will be interviewing Keith Baker, author of the Eberron campaign setting, and we could not be more excited. We are actually interviewing him tomorrow, and I'm a little nervous. That episode will be launching on Wednesday the 31st as a special release, and please go ahead and check it out, share it with your friends. Keith is a very fascinating individual, and we're super excited to have him. Additionally, I'd like to let everybody know that we're going to be updating some of the audio on our older episodes. So episodes 1 through 10 will be receiving a massive revamp. Mostly it's going to be things like modifying the audio levels so that things don't get very quiet and very loud so frequently, uh, doing a quick background denoise, things like that. But the quality should be noticeably improved, which will make it easier for new audiences to get in and kind of appreciate the show. Um, but beyond that, I just want to say you guys have been fantastic. Like, we're growing crazy fast, and I just don't know how to handle that. And uh, if you want us to keep growing, if you want us to do well and all that stuff, then please go ahead and share us, get us out there. We don't do any advertising or anything like that, so pretty much all we have is word of mouth, so everything you do is appreciated i also want to say to those danes out there that keep listening thank you i love you but i want to know who you are i want to know how we got popular in denmark i mean let's put popular in massive quotes but 10 percent of our listens are denmark and our listenership literally goes united states danes so please reach out let me know who you are i'm very very curious but enough of my jibber jabber let's get back to the show What's wrong now, Gloria? Ugh, the party's in half an hour, and I've not prepared. I've just received where there'll be young'uns about, and I've not to entertain them. My punch is dreadful, and warmer than a dragon's tit. Eh, what? And now I've a mess to clean. Pull your socks up, Gloria. 
With that hard work, nothing grows but weeds. Oh aye, I bet those high-minded fellows at the Arcadium. Oh aye, wizard devilry could find a fix for up. But you're a simple-minded beast, Gloria. Biscuit are rolling up your sleeves. There's got to be a better way. Boogery. Hi, Willie Mage here with Presto Digitate, a cantrip in a can. Why succumb to the rigors of menial labor when you can use magic? But I've not studied, and I can't find the time for it. Transmute your cant into a can. Is your familiar getting too familiar with your new boots? Presto will remove that mess in a flash. Barely capable of pouring even the simplest of ingredients into a bowl? Chill, warm, or even flavor your punch in one fell swoop. Talentless and dull, lacking in the social skills necessary to function in society? Well, with Presto, you'll be the life of the party. Dazzle with showers of sparks or gouts of smoke. You can even prank your enemies with an eternity of broken wind. My heavens, what in the hells is that smell? Don't let little things like a basic understanding of the intricacies of the arcane energies and eldritch laws that hold our fragile reality together stop you from making your life easier. Get Presto! Only three non-instantaneous effects may react at one time. Presto Digitate, the cantrip in a can, is not approved for use on living tissues. Exposure to Presto may cause numbness, dry mouth, fever, the hunger, headaches, nausea, time shivers, diarrhea, a ringing in the ear which resolves into the breasty horns of the heavens heralding the dawn of the age of suffering, depression, restless leg syndrome, and a heightened awareness of the absurdity of the cosmos. Do not operate within 100 yards of any living creature which is pregnant or breastfeeding. Avoid use in the company of anyone under the age of 15 or above the age of 15. Contact your local retailer for details. Three metallic pentadrone enforcers materialize out of nothing. As they unfold, they immediately go into attack mode, and each of them makes five attacks. And that one gets ten attacks on it, that golem. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Just those four <laughs> is enough to shatter it to pieces, as well as this machine, uh, this giant crystal, whatever's left of it. These, like, spinning metal tentacles just start lacerating it and shattering it into pieces. And other little tiny metal lights start to light up the chamber as smaller modrons appear. Ones that kind of look like Reginald, but they're round in shape. And they just immediately start cleaning things up. Like they start sweeping the broken crystal into their bodies. Some of them start using their hands to like touch the floor and fix cracks and things that have appeared. And within a matter of minutes, it appears as though there was no damage done to this entire ballroom. Um, and the crystal golems start to get swept up into nothingness. The giant crystal spire shatters and just kind of disappears magically. And these huge pentadrone enforcers kind of survey the area and they close up and then disappear as the tiny modrones stay behind to clean up the mess. Is it possible to pocket any of the pieces before the modrons scoop it? Sure. We'll say you get a little little shard trap. Okay. Like, and actually, like they cleaned up so thoroughly, but there's a chunk still in your chest. Sure. So you managed to pull that out. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like that, the ballroom starts to come back to completely normal. And you see Maven appear from behind uh, one of the pillars, and he has his own kind of metal bracelet. And it looks like he's been talking into it. And he says, oh, they made it. Thank gods. Is Reginald's alarm still going off? Or Yeah, and he lowers down, and he's like, I did not know that I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> this has never happened before. <laughs> are, are you okay? I was so worried. Yes, we're better now. Your concern is noted. What the hell was that? As Maven steps forward, he says, You are not allowed to kidnap a member of the League of Ultimate Questing, especially when they're off duty. I called in the reinforcements because this is just a hot mess, and it didn't look like you were all doing very well. No offense, some things are above your pay grade still. Bah, I was doing fine. Haruthax coughs and is like, None taken. But we'll get there. Plus, it's always nice to remember what the Enterprise is capable of. 
Now, as for you, he says, and you guys see Maven as usually a pretty even-tempered person, but he storms across the dance floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the phrase storms across the dance floor, it I just imagine good. him, like, discoing his way across. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's suddenly wearing rollerblades. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, he angrily just stomps across the floor and picks up Lord Heption by the collar and says, what do you think you're doing to my teammate? And he slams him up against a pillar and says, answer for your crimes. You hear them having a hushed conversation and Heption is panicking. I believe Christ will walk towards Heption. Is Maven giving me a look of like, you better not come over here right now? He doesn't stop you in the slightest. Well, then I join that conversation. And you will cut all ties with Andesign and never speak to the Brotherhood again. I promise, I swear, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He lets him slide to the ground and he turns and gives you a big hug. He says, Chris, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I would have never. I hug him back. I know. I knew this would happen one day. I just didn't think it would be so soon. Thank you. This may not be the end of this, but I will try to make sure it doesn't happen again soon at least. But more importantly than my life, what about the slaves? We failed that. He points at Lord Heption and said he had plenty of information to spill and trade for his life. We have information we need on the dealer. They are in Lucinilli. They're in a tavern. I have a name. The Gaffin Slasher. Apparently there's an underground business that deals in such things. We'll return home, make some plans, and then we'll start officially questing again. And I'll let you all handle this however you see fit. Understood. Heption, before I go... Yes, yes? You know what your penance must be? I demand you give some of your fortune to the children of Alcara. That or your life will not be spared by my hand. I will see to it. I'm, st- I'm so sorry. Again, my family, they've been... Chris I- just walks away. And he just mutters to himself as you storm away. And he then goes, seeks out the dancer that stayed behind. And she lowers down to the floor and gives you a warm uh, sibling-like hug. Thank you, sister. Thank you. If you or our brothers or sisters are ever in trouble, please, please find me. And I give her a big hug, and I slide 150 gold pockets. Her ribbon. Say, isn't she naked? Yeah. She's wearing ribbons, basically. Yes. Yeah. yes, but I do it slightly, discreetly. And she is of House Cubis, so she is trained in the art of hiding gold on her naked body. Yes. <laughs> and she grabs you by the shoulders and says, Christ, it is a good name. You, you are our North Star now. We will follow. We will follow. So, the buffet. What's happening with all the food? Uh, and you see this tiefling with several to-go boxes like... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I, I told you I ship it. <laughs> I, t- I take the food and I just, I just like kind of just hold it. Hold it very, ever so sweetly. Haruthax uh, will look at this other dragonborn... It's not Velasquez, but it's something kind of almost Velasquez. <laughs> Varmandes. Varmandes. See, I told you. It was, it was fairly close. I owe you a debt. Brother, you owe me nothing. Just follow your path. Stay true to the power you seek, but remember where you come from. If you insist. Gives you a, a firm grip on the shoulder. We will meet again. We will meet again. I hope so. I give the tiefling my uh, address. <laughs> Send food here. <laughs> and Arvid's just been bragging to whoever was nearby, one of the guests, you know. They're the, the like, did you see me? Did you see me turn into the, the goat? Wasn't that pretty... Uh... You're not a goat still? 
as you realize <laughs> that pretty much everyone but you guys, Lord Heption, and some of the dancers were just fucking tripping ass the entire time. They don't remember any of this. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Tell your friends. <laughs> yes, goat man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he like reaches up to touch the horn and he's like, oh god, it's real. <laughs> I need some orange juice. And he takes off. <laughs> Uh, and Maven says, let's get out of here. I never want to return here again, even if invited. I'm sorry this all transpired. I hate to see how his reputation is going to go with one of his guests of honor being attacked in the middle of a party. I imagine it'll be a while before Heption throws another ball. And uh, you guys are escorted down the stairs by Maven himself. And he just kind of like snaps at the two wizards that are there. He says, get us out of here. Loosen Illy. Aruthax looks at the wizards and goes, Yes, it was a dreadfully sordid affair. There was a fight and everyone was high. <laughs> and they look at each other in confusion, uh, weave their hands, and again in a flash of silver and red, you're returned to your home to make plans for the siege of the Gaffin Slasher. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Damn, I knew those Benadron enforcers could crack open a can of kick-ass, but those things tapped a whole damn keg. We're happy to see that the League responders were able to help our troubled team before the threats of dangerous outside intervention brought our young careers to a hasty halt. Remind me never to get on the bad side of the Nexus Enterprise. Poof! Smash! Devastation! Man, what a show! Maybe Lord Heption will think twice before making friends with evil magic weirdos for profit. While we put the pieces back in place, it's back to our regularly scheduled action and adventure. Tune in next week as teams from all over the Five Kingdoms test their wits and weapons against the threats of the world, all for your entertainment pleasure. No dungeon too deep, no quest too questionable. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. Kel, did you finish waxing the last shipment of bottles? Nobody's buying unsealed Rogomian red ever since Talon was caught watering it down uptown. Yeah, I waxed him. I've been here since dawn. I waxed the balls, branded the new plows, and I put in an early order for next year's foals. What do you say we close a little early? Buy you a pint at the Hedgewise. Keld, we're not closing early. I need my hours. And you're 20 years my senior. Please stop asking me out for drinks. It's just a pint. I don't have a ring in my pocket. It's my family's business. I'll close early if I want to. Get a load of this guy. Welcome to the Four Meals Market, sir. You look like you're fresh off a hard road. Hail, merchant. I have had a long ride, but I'm not here to discuss the roads. I'm here to place a large order for goods to be transported. Well, that's music to my ears. You're in luck. We almost closed shop early for the evening. What kind of order can I place for you? I have a list. Here. 60 bottles of aged whiskey? 400 apples, 300 pounds of dried beef, 100 smoked hams, it, it just keeps going. By the gods, this is enough to feed an army. It is. Well, well. Well, I'll have to do some bookkeeping on this to sort out the cost of this order, but uh, why don't you come back later? Maybe go get a meal at the tavern, a few drinks, <laughs> maybe a bath. You brought the smell of your long road in with you. All wait. <laughs> Very well then. It's uh, it's gonna take a while to get all these wares together. You're looking at maybe two weeks before the quantities can be met. I need them in three days. Three days? 
Who the hell do you think you are coming in my store, stinking like dog slop and telling me I got three days to wave my hands and come up with enough food to feed half a fucking Mackinac? We do have ladders for sale. You can use one to climb back up on your fucking high horse and turn- Excuse me, sir. Keld, can I talk to you in the back for a moment? We'll be right back. Ow! Ow! Damn it, old woman, relax. The hell is it? Do you know who that is? The Silver King of Oxshit Mountain. The fuck does it matter? That is a Camarian knight. Horse piss. That's just some filth cake sellsword whose brain's been baked away by the summer sun. Keld, I am telling you, that's a Camarian knight from the Flaming Keep. I recognize the markings on his armor. Well, why the fuck would he need all this food? Nobody fucking lives in Chimaris. It's a hellscape. Some people still live there, like the fucking Camarian Knights of Dragonflame Keep, like the one standing at our counter. Do you realize how much money they have? I've heard the Flaming Keep has more wealth than Andesign, Denmazir, and Inlakes combined. Stop it, Ilsa. I am drowning in horse piss here. You're just packed full of fairy tales, aren't you? If you believe that, Shripe, I've got a magic hat to sell you. Keld, I'm serious. My grandfather was a crown soldier in the Triad War. He traveled to the Keep, through Camaris. Just stay tight. I'll finish this. <clears throat> so sorry for the wait, good sir. I'm afraid we can't fulfill your request on this fine day, and I must beg your forgiveness. This order's got to be almost 2,000 drachs worth of food and gear, and we just don't have the inventory. On my ride in, I saw countless herds of cattle and farmland. Surely my needs can be met. Your people sell anything and everything. You're serious? Okay, let's pretend we all shit gold and hams grow from fucking trees for a minute. Pray tell how far is this delivery going? To the heart of Camaris, in Dragonflame Keep. God's balls, you are a Chimarian. Well, even if we put the word out and greased half the palms of every fucking farmer in town, this order would take up every wagon we have. I'd have to close all deliveries until my men and horses came back. If they came back. And the odds of my fucking workers, wagons and steeds surviving so much as an hour in Camaris is pissed to nil. I will accompany the delivery. I have two fiend riders waiting to help protect the shipment and guide your men while they travel. The order's ready in three days and we leave the next morning. We can make it to the Dawn's Gate before the first light of the sixth day. You have nothing to fear but hard work and fast profit. Our people need provisions. We can't grow our own. You listen and you listen good, sir. Nobody asked you. I don't care what your mindless hovel of halfwits living in the middle of hell need. Even if you paid 2,000 drac up front, most of this town busted their backs to get these goods ready in three days, and I handed you every wagon I own and every worker just to be fed to the bloody fucking shadow wolves or whatever abyssal nonsense you ran from, I still wouldn't sign off on that kind of risk. Not for a barrel of platinum zithers. Very well. How about two barrels? I'm excited. Who is next on the reading list? I think that's Michael. Uh, yeah, either me or Elante. Where's I the passed it to the Barco. Uh, it's over here. Hand, Did you just call me the Barco? The big old Barco. <laughs> hand, <laughs> hand tree Barcus. Pass me that gap. <laughs> tree Barcus. <laughs> Zach a tree Barcus. Uh, well, thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. My name is Michael Loving and I play Haruthax, the level four dragonborn warlock. 
my name's Alante, and I play Christ Zagrand, the Crystalline Sorcerer. I'm Zach Marcus. I play Leon Trotsky, the... <laughs> Just random Russian names. <laughs> I... <laughs> Actually, well, I will, uh, to be fair, Artem was originally designed in my head based off of a young Leon Trotsky, so... If if you need if you need a point of reference, sure. <laughs> um, but now I play I play uh, Artem Volkov, the uh, cleric of sunlight and suffering. I am also the tech director, producer, and editor for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I am the dungeon master of this game and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. And I am Sam Frost. I play Arvid, half druid, half barbarian, all goat. <laughs> the, the goat officially the goat specifically with periods after each one the go18 right yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. that kind oh. of goat we're gonna figure out wait wait what it's is that great, greatest of all time, of all time. <gasps> yeah me <laughs> it's me <laughs> it was me the whole time <laughs> i hope that stays in uh, i will totally keep that in if you enjoy our show uh new episodes go live on mondays um with bonus content provided by law and zach every friday you can find all of the episodes at www.theluq.com or on whatever podcasting service you prefer. Uh, links to basically all of them are on the LUQ site. It's where we direct people because it's easiest. If you have got questions for us or the show, uh, if you're interested in advertising opportunities, or if you have any ideas for fake ads that you want us to do, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at slapthedash. And if you enjoy the podcast, please, please, please share it with your friends. Uh, like us and share us on social media. Leave us reviews on podcasting sites. And make sure you listen to our new D20 Questions podcast, which is coming up. And like that as well. That will all help direct traffic to our show and get more people hearing about it. And the more people that listen, the better and better we can make the show for you. We also do have two t-shirts now. We have our standard League of Ultimate Questing one and the new June edition uh, Pride LUQ t-shirt with the rainbow logo. Zach literally got his during this episode. It, it came to the door. <laughs> Gorgeous. Uh, you can use the code PRIDE, P-R-I-D-E, 2019, all one word, um, but numbers for the 2019, to get $2 <laughs> off of your shirt. And until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>